The following podcast is brought to you by the Ebb Tide Treatment Center. Many people wrestle with addiction. You don't have to. Reach out to the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, where they wish to empower each individual encountered with the support, hope, and tools required for long-term sobriety. Priding themselves on providing the best possible treatment experience for you and your loved ones based on unique needs. They're committed to breaking the stigma that plagues those suffering with addiction and their families by educating and bringing awareness to the community. The Ebb Tide Treatment Center provides individual and group therapy, multiple recovery pathways for support, evidence-based clinical support, integrated aftercare social reintegration, personalized treatment planning, program addressing whole life health and Vivitrol program all available. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, reach out to them at ebbtidetc.com or call 844 430 Four three five seven. Once again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Before we start today's episode, of course, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors that help us bring the show to you for absolutely free, week in and week out. Thanks to SmartMark Video, who records all of our live events. Go to smartmarkvideo.com, get any of our events on DVD, as well as best of DVDs, and you can also download MP4s. We also want to thank Angelo's Pizza, who delivers pizza for us at all of our live events, and of course, feeding us here as they do every single week. It's always delicious. Make sure you check out Angelo's award-winning pizza on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. And of course, we can't forget Jack Prince, who takes care of all of our signage, graphic design, and any other sort of printing needs that we have. You can do the same. Make sure you go and check out Jack Prince at jackprince.com. J-A-K-Prince.com. Don't forget to use the promo code ABSOLUTECLE1 to save up to $75 off your order. That's right. And those voices you heard are the owners of AIW, Chandler Biggins and John Thorne. On today's episode, we are actually joined by a special guest, a guy who's been a part of AIW for quite some time. He's on Uh, the first show. Yeah, and... There was a little bit of a departure, then there was a return. We'll get into all of that and more. We welcome to this week's show, Mr. Tom Dunn. Thank you. Referee Tom Dunn? What should we call him? Just Tom Dunn? He's a referee. Should we just refer to him as referee Tom Dunn? Senior official Tom Dunn? Senior official. He once told me in the ring he no longer was senior official, though. I think Jay Clemens is. No, he's not. Am I? I? Okay. It's you. You can't. I think Jay Clemens is lower than Dave Potato on the totem pole. Well, well, he doesn't have a child on the way. (laughs) He might. Jay Clemens might be under every ref we've ever booked. Yeah, I think he's he's way down the list. There's Jerry's Uncle Marty. He was a ref once. Oh, yeah, Marty. <laughs> Marty Thompson. There was a guy, Johnny Blaze, who had a giant juggalo tattoo on his arm. What about that guy, Bruce, that used to come with the Olsen twins, and he tried to sleep in my parents' breezeway? Oh, Bruce. The guy, the guy was at least 65. Bruce. He was really mad that your parents didn't have an empty bed for him. Yeah, because... We went to my parents' house, and they didn't know. I don't live there or anything, and they didn't know we were coming. I just threw a pool party in their backyard after an AIW show, and this referee was like, hey, man, is there a bed to sleep in? I go, no, my parents don't even know I'm here. <laughs> well, and there's that guy, Bobby, right? 
taller, skinny kid. Oh, Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah Her- Harold Potter. Yeah, him. That's There's a that's a legend, brother. Oh, why don't you do some research so before sorry. you get into this industry? Mast so- Frank was a ref once. Oh yeah, Mast. Now Frank. he's a caterer for the locker room. Yeah, now he's now he's a caterer of the Mast Fish. Oh, great food though. Unknown without a mask. One time, kayfabe. All right. People are getting bored with all this ref talk. Yeah, let's, a lot of referee let's talk. In, let, let's get in. Let's get into the history of Tom Dunn. Yeah, Tom Dunn. Why don't you tell us a little bit of how you even got involved in the wrestling industry? Because I start. think I think it's you have an interesting story because I think you're probably one of the only referees that actually trained to be a pro wrestler. Yeah, uh, when I was or a, trained, trained at all. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, Dave you know, the Potato hasn't paid no dues. That's a none. Um, God, back in high school, I that's what I wanted to do. Uh, like. I wrote a report, uh, I guess my senior year, like, what do you want to do with your life? And mine was wrestling. And everyone thought it was crazy, but I fulfilled every requirement of it. And uh, I guess I passed. I don't know. I got out of like, high school. How did you even know like, what the requirements were? Uh, well, I, I meant for the, for, uh, for the actual term oh, paper. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah like, and they, they didn't want me to do it, but... Did they, it is, was it like uh, like how your counselor like finds colleges for you? Did your high school counselor find you wrestling? School? Uh, no, I had to do that through wrestling magazines. Actually, that was way before the internet, and uh, I found like Killer Kowalski, and there was a Quest. I think you could have uh, been Triple H. You could have been Triple H. Uh, yeah, I could have been, but could have been Perry Saturn. Well, probably well, better off. The, with yeah, the, I'm yeah. doing okay with. Uh, but yeah, I found uh, Larry Sharp's Monster Factory. And we went out there, and it was actually closed. We drove all the way to New Jersey, and it was closed for the weekend or something. My dad took me out there. And Where were you uh, living at that time? Youngstown, Ohio. So you went all the way to Jersey from yeah, Youngstown? Yeah, for basically nothing. Oh, man. You didn't, want to, you didn't want to call in advance and run up that long distance yeah, bill. No, no. With the uh, dial, yeah. calling, calling from the kitchen. Get your sprint card that Candace Bergen told no, you? No, that's, yeah. pro- that's probably way before, before they, that. Tom, Tom, Tom Dunn's a little up there in age, as, as, as we'll get to later. I'm young at heart, though. So, like, what do you think it was? Like, Larry Sharp was on the road that weekend or something? There was something going on. I remember my dad even took us took uh, to the police uh, department to see, like, <laughs> if it was – because he didn't know anything about it, you know? Like, I knew like, that – checking if it's on the up and up. My cousin played for the Steelers, so he was expecting a giant training camp. And, and it was this probably, was, like, a renovated a, VFW hall or it, something? It was, like, an old dairy mart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we go home, and I'm kind of like, well, let's see where it goes. And then I saw in a magazine that Charlie Fulton was opening a monster factory up in Marion, Ohio. So I went up there, did the tryout, and trained there. What but, is, so in those days, because it, this is probably early 90s, I assume. Yeah, yeah. So what was a tryout like when Fabe was still, you know, still running hard? <sighs> he, he was pretty open with stuff. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't hide. It wasn't too much. like it wasn't like just beat you up, and break no, your leg no. stuff. No, no. Basically, uh, just cardio, running the ropes, seeing if you could uh, bump. And what's fall. crazy is probably five years before he would have broke your leg. Yeah, right. So like in that five years, it like it already transitioned. That's, yeah, that's when it started opening up a lot more. Did he have yeah. any like notable guys there at the time? At or? the time, no. He had just opened. We had uh, like local guys, Ron Cumberledge. Oh and, man, uh, Ron Cumberledge. That guy did so many like wrestling superstars yeah. tapings sid vicious yeah once dated my uh my aunt for an entire summer once see a whole right. summer ron cumberledge yeah. coming full yeah. circle scotty <laughs> summers johnny paradise johnny was a hot big, body scotty yeah. summers yeah. yeah so uh beef stew lou there at that time yet no no actually uh him and like frank marconi or frank or stiletto frank, frank stiletto handsome yeah. frank stiletto 
Yeah, they were uh, after me. Uh, Wildcat Chris Harris came from there. Handsome Frank Stiletto and Beef Stew Lou Marconi. Those yeah. are my trainers. Mm-hmm. These, okay, are, these yeah. are the monikers that are missing in today's wrestling. Handsome Frank, he t- the only thing he taught us, he said, you got to learn three things to be in this business to make you a man. You got to get in a bar fight, you got to buy a hooker, and you got to spend a night in jail. And that's that was his wrestling class. So are you a man now? Or? Yeah. I never bought a hooker yet. Well, I mean, I got I, maybe a rub and tug. I don't know. That's... Yeah, the That's ca- debatable. The Canada story, sure. It, yeah. no, I mean, there's more than just one. <laughs> so anyway, you do the wrestling training. Right. You're there. For I, how long? When was your first match then? Uh, 17 years later. 17 years what? later. Yeah, what? that's that's got to be a world I mean, record. I mean, they say you know they say people people learn at different paces. Yeah. Yeah, it took me 17 years. You were to on get like the, the Kurt Hurt schedule. No, see. Did you go no. like right into refing and you just had to no, wrestle? No, no. I uh, I was training and I blew my knee out. Okay. So I was out. Um, I was for pretty well years. like That's fully it. trained, like, and just waiting. So for like, the how time long do debut. you think the the time was? Like six months a yeah, year? Yeah, like six months. Yeah, driving the Marion every weekend. That was almost three hours. Now there's one. Like you can find a wrestling school 50 minutes away from your house. Yeah, but every corner now. Back then you had including to, one at Old School Iron. Email aiw at airwrestling dot com oh. to sign up today. We needed a little <laughs> ding ding noise for all Biggins plugs. Dinging dinging. Get trained by the best, TJ, over at Old School Iron. I'll get you in shape. You won't. I don't know if he'll train you out. That's wrestling. an additional cost. Yeah. Yeah, it's an additional cost. Group group cost. So six months later, you're finished no. training. Yeah, but I blew my knee out during training one oh. night, destroyed it, uh, had surgery and everything, and I was out for, God, maybe 10 years or something. Because of your knee? I just didn't want, I was like, I'm not going to have surgery every year, you know, it was pretty bad. I, oh, I, so they we, put it, screws so you in. You never got everything. back up on the horse, it was no, just like, no. that was it, huh? That was it, I gave up. And actually, you know, I, I still followed it, I still went to indie shows, I still went to WWF shows. I, well, I guess I guess this will probably transition into uh, a lot of people don't know that you actually were a promoter. Oh, for at least one event, right? One event uh, back in two thousand one, I think is October. This, this how it brings you back in? Is that what? Is, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so what what led you to be a promoter? Yeah, a friend of mine that we went to like rival high schools. Uh, I became friends with him, and uh, he wrestled a little bit too in a tag team called the Kingpins. They did a bowling gimmick. I was going to ask that. They did a That's little great. Memphis, and they, they did it. They had shots with everybody, but nothing really. The one time up. I went to WCW in my life, I got a free ticket from Klondike Bill from the Tony Schiavone podcast, but the Kingpins were the dark match that night. Yeah, with uh, Shark Boy and uh, I don't Jerry remember. Flynn, maybe. Oh, Jerry, I saw Jerry Flynn live. Oh, man. Dude, I love Jerry Flynn. <laughs> I try to find – if anybody knows how to find Jerry Flynn, please let me know because I try to find him for the Jaylet every year. What was that thing they tried to steal from the – they stole the Lions then, but it was him fighting people in, like, a basement? Oh, dude, I don't know, but I love Jerry that Flynn. That was excellent. So he, he uh, convinced me. He had some connections. He trained in uh, Minnesota, so he knew Kurt Hennig. He knew X-Pac, uh, Nasty Boys. So – we said, let's run a show, and he had no money to put in it, so it was all my money. And we did bring in Kurt Hennig, uh, wrestled four minutes against. Uh, I mean, I think that's Chris pretty Cage. like like I think that's pretty interesting though. You know, like not a lot of people can just say, "Hey, I booked an indie show with with Mister Perfect, Perfect on it." Yeah, yeah, like he didn't he any. I don't know. You might know better than me. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't yeah, think he did. He wasn't a guy that like. He did some stuff, but not a lot. No, he was. Kind he's of pretty much WWF like. He's pretty much locked down his whole career, except for AWA. you got him in that. You got him in that little, that little time yeah, off. Yeah, that little window. Yeah, 
So he came in, wrestled Chris Cage, who was from Youngstown. He uh, he one wrestled of, in WWE. One of the Dude Busters. Right. Dude Buster with Trent, uh, Trent Barrett. Kalen Croft, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So was Mr. Perfect expensive? Yeah, I probably paid a big mark price for him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he is Mr. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wrestled four minutes, you know, a little squash, main event. Was there Did any you... talk of booking the genius with him? No. That would have been oh, that's sweet. that's a shame. Were you yeah. able to recoup some of that money? Like, did you have a solid attendance for the show? No. Um, <laughs> no. Because, uh, <laughs> Welcome to the biz, kid. The attendance was okay, but uh, we started booking it, and then 9-11 happened. Oh. And no one wanted to leave their house, let alone go to a wrestling show. So drew, a, drew a couple Perfect. hundred people, but... Yeah, I was I was stupid. And then who else was booked on the card? Any notable people? Um, booked uh, originally, uh, we had Ron Killings booked. Ooh, our oh, truth. our truth! Uh, yeah. What's up? Couldn't get a hold of him after a while. No money was sent to him though. Oh, that's uh, good. The Nasty Boys. Oh, oh. Brian no- Brian Hobbs and Jerry Sags. Yeah, yeah they. Uh, I bought them plane tickets that were four hundred apiece, and they canceled three days before the show. So I lost that. They probably uh, cashed those tickets right in. Oh, we, man. We did have Tracy Smothers come in. Yeah, of course oh, you did. That's awesome. Tracy was there with uh, J.C. Bailey. He brought young J.C. Bailey. Oh, yeah. Tracy professor. was not going to let the terrorists win. He was going to come. Absolutely yeah. not. No, Tracy was He was, was going to come no matter what. He probably pitched some sort of match where he had to fight a terrorist or something. Get one of those guys, dress him up like Osama, yeah. kick his ass. He actually wrestled, uh, what, Scotty O? Or uh, oh, Scotty, from, like, Scotty Saber. Scotty Saber. Yeah, an OVW guy. Yeah, yeah. So had, like, the Nasty Boys still owe you money right now? Yeah, so if they're listening, you know. Oh, Brian Nobbs, Jerry Sags, give Tom Dunn his fucking 800 bucks. 800 yeah. bucks, boys. Oh, yeah. my God. If I'm so mad about Callista owing me 40 bucks, yeah. imagine how you feel with 800. I met the Nasty it's Boys horrible. one time, and I introduced myself to them, and they said, hey, carry our fucking bags to our car. <laughs> it's, it's very. I did not get that. I met them in uh, Miami at at the Legends of Wrestling show. They had some. They had some ladies with them. He said, "Hey, carry our fucking bags, man." Ooh. And I carried those fucking bags. <laughs> <laughs> did you get the armpit? No, dude. The pit stop. <laughs> Pity city. <laughs> Fuck no, dude. Well, nasty boys, you owe Tom Dunn eight hundred dollars. Yes. Make do. We always get our payments on. Uh, yeah, really? the card is going to change your time. Callisto down. is even with his us. Debt is, his debt has been paid. Right. His debt was paid, so you might have 800 smackers coming from WWE coming your way. That's right. We're gonna we're gonna find great. it for you. Good. Our, our people help us out here on Thank the show. Thank you. So, so was was the Nasty Boys experience? Is is that what led you to never want to do another show? Kind of, yeah. I kind of got out of my system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you have like any interaction with Mr. Perfect? Or- a little bit. Actually, I worked at a bar at the time, and he came to the bar the night before. Oh, yeah? And he did the uh, gimmick, the uh, gargle uh, Jack Daniels. Oh, really? He was actually yeah. doing that, yeah, that, with, with the people at the bar and stuff. That's so. great. That sounds yeah. disgusting. That sounds so did disgusting. He know, I mean, did he go there knowing that you were the guy who brought him in? Yeah, oh, okay. um, with my friend. Oh, my friend yeah. went and picked him up at the airport. Got they it. were friends, you know, and uh, he brought him down to the bar when I was working. So, yeah. It, it wasn't a terrible experience. It was, was expensive. Was he a dick? No, nah, he was all right. He was kind of what you expect. He wasn't my best friend, but... But he was cordial. Yeah, yeah. That's good. All business, Kurt Henning. Exactly. <laughs> all right, so you promote one show, yes. and then you decide, I'm not, I'm not a promoter. Done. Uh, you're not wrestling. No. Where does this lead you then? How do you put on the zebras? The yeah. zebra strike. Actually, that, that's got to come next, right? Uh, yeah, I was actually just kind of like sitting around bored, and I said, I need something. I need to do something. I have this, you know. I have yeah. this little background. 
And I had been to a show in uh, Stowe, Ohio. Oh, for, beautiful uh, Stowe. One of John Potok's shows, UWC. I saw Dave Batista wrestle there. Yeah, that was be- uh, like before. Uh, he wrestled, I, he wrestled right a guy named Jay Pumper. Okay. Oh, he was a, a local. firefighter. Yeah. Jay Pumper versus uh, Leviathan, I saw. Yeah. And I went to a show just to go, like, uh, Roadkill and Danny Doring were there. New Jack was there. Oh, big I was there. That's, okay, that's yeah. where I, I was the intermission entertainment. <laughs> oh. my, 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 my public I, access television wow. show. I remember that. I didn't, all, if wow. you look up on YouTube, it's the clip where I interview New Jack and I go, how can I be hardcore? How can I be like you? And he goes, take a gun out and kill the bitch. Wow. <laughs> it is amazing how all these origin stories intertwine. It really is. Like, we are some oh, uh, yeah. it's like a final universe. Like, Backstage, yeah. I interviewed I interviewed Danny Doring, Roadkill, uh, the Prodigy, Tom Marquez yeah. was there. Yeah. Danny Doring's really fucking pissed at Disney World right now, man. I was so mad because he had a bad experience at Planet Hollywood Observatory. If you're out, if, if you're out there listening, everyone tweet Disney World that they fucked over Danny Doring, the dastardly one. He's very upset on Twitter at least right once now. Once a week, he always will bury some restaurant because they ran out of barbecue. Once he was at yeah. He's very entertaining, Dan. Dan Morrison, Sugar Mask on uh, yeah at Su- at Sugar Mask on uh, on Twitter. Follow the dastardly one. So you're at the show at Still Ohio. Yeah, well, and, but you're just attending, right? Yeah, I went with a with, with a friend, and uh, did you enjoy but, the hot dog getting contest at intermission? I don't even remember it. <laughs> Girls held hot dogs in their crotch, and then the guys had to eat the hot dogs. I, wow, that was, that was SCP mayhem. I remember brain damage, bleeding like a pig. Oh, so much against, blood against New Jack, but uh, no, I had uh, they gave away uh, programs, and I had the program sitting at home, and I didn't have any contacts anymore. I didn't know who to even to get back in. Yeah, and uh, you should have tracked down handsome Frank Stiletto, man. He's probably running. I didn't hot. even know him yet. Yeah, it was years before I even worked with him, met him. Um, but he, but I had the program, and there was like an email or something like uwclive.com, and I emailed it, and Rick Lieb. I oh, talked the to role, the role model. The guy who claims Jerry the King Lawler stole his entire act at that Leviathan show. He goes, he saw me in the ring and stole my whole act. Yep, Jerry the King. He stole it. <laughs> that happens a lot with him. But uh, I wrote him, and he said, go to this, go to Barberton, Ohio, go to the Shamrock Nightclub, talk to John Poe Talk, and get you a tryout. Which I'm sure 99.9% of our audience doesn't know what the Shamrock is. No. But it's a, a motel that you can rent by the hour. Yeah. Well, everything's gone now. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it got flooded and they tore it down. But it's a hotel you can rent by the hour next to a strip club. Mm-hmm. And they had wrestling shows in the basement of the bar. Weekly. Yeah. Weekly. What was it? Every Tuesday? Every Tuesday night, yeah, at the bar. And I remember walking in with my bag and looking around and seeing some of the guys and i'm like what, and what? how many hours did you book at the hotel none none <laughs> never never step foot in a room and i'm like just kind of looking around like who the hell are what happened to wrestling you yeah. know i'm looking at some of these guys i and, look around uh, nowadays and i say what happened to wrestling yeah i was looking for the 6'2 250 pound steroid monster and i'm seeing not a lot of sweatpants a lot of sweatpants pajama pants t- tennis shoes lots of t-shirts and uh, but then uh, unknown and virus walked in with probably Jason Thunder too, who also went to high school at Chandler Biggins. Yes, they all, went to same high school with me. Yeah. Everything's intertwined with me. Amazing. It's like your yeah. final destination, you two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unknown and virus. I'd seen them. They were probably 15 years old. They used to work shows like near me. They do the uh, opening match, these little tag matches. A bunch of 15 year old kids with hoods on. 
And I had seen them without the hoods. I knew who they were, so I, I immediately went to them because I'm like, okay, these kids, at least they know what they're doing a little bit. Which, real quick, the crazy thing about them was the uh, the federation that ran in Stowe had a 20 by 20 ring. So watching luchadors try to do stuff in a 20 by 20 ring was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, actually Rob Viper on Twitter, just uh, he just sent us a tweet with like clips from the old virus and unknown uh, – website or whatever he goes who were these guys i used to watch i used to watch these clips on the internet all the time they used to sell me vhs tapes in uh study hall yeah because they had uh, they had a ring in their barn yeah at blazing bills amazing restaurant oh yeah i've been there yeah that's, that's, that's oh they see everything's intertwined yeah. there's a wrestling ring back there oh man i think it's gone now yeah, i don't yeah, yeah i think he might have sold it but his dad built him a barn to keep the ring in yeah right I'm, behind the I'm restaurant out. it's huge okay so you're there for this tryout. Now, is this yeah. tryout to wrestle or no, just to be to referee? To referee. Yeah. Okay. All right. Guy could would have shot right to the main event if he was there. And I can't even remember who was in the uh, my tryout match. I was like, ghost. I don't even know what that was. Tyrone Evans was in it. Young Tyrone Tarver. Evans. Yeah, who became WWE's Michael Tarver. One point nine seconds. Yeah. So he was in the first match I ever refereed. So, but that went okay, and I did the weekly shows and. It was okay, and then actually uh, Unknown said, you know, like, we kind of like you. Do you really want to keep doing this? Do you want to get out there? So they took me to Black Diamond where the uh, pay was uh, a deli tray that we, that we could eat <laughs> off of. So and Not even, like, a good deli tray. It was, like, from, like, Shop and Zane. Yeah, it was, it was terrible, like and they were throwing the food everywhere. Uh, but one night after a Tuesday show, Unknown left his wristbands, his little spandex custom uh, wristbands, and I, I gave him a call on, on the kitchen phone when I got home because I, gr I grabbed them up, and I said, uh, have your wristbands. He said, are you working that show Sunday? I think Sunday. And uh, Yeah, it was Memorial Day Sunday. Okay. And I said, no, I don't even know who's running it, who's, who to talk to. He said, hold on. He called me back two minutes later. He goes, I'll see you Sunday. You're booked. And that was the first AIW show. I didn't even know how you got there, man. Yeah, he, I, I, he must have talked to one of the other owners. One of the, uh, what do I call them? Goofs. Goofs, fucking goofs. So that was... Uh, so that was your intro into AIW, then? Yeah, a couple of... So what year are we talking about there? 2005. Well, Memorial Day weekend, 2005. Do you know who was in attendance at that show? You? No, I wasn't. Oh. <laughs> Chandler Biggins. That was Chandler a horrible Chandler, story. Yes. Chandler Biggins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right there. I, I knew of Chandler a little bit before that. <laughs> the past continuously. So closed. then, you know, 2005, 2006, I make my debut, and uh, you and I ended up riding together a lot. Yeah. And at some point, well, it went south. Well, let me go. Let's, Good friends, let's go. better enemies. <laughs> let's go yeah. backwards a little bit because of the, the whole origins, and... Biggins being introduced to the boys in the back, he, first he's a fan that everybody hated. Now, when he gets introduced as the owner, were you aware that everybody, like all the wrestlers, hated him at that time? Not were you really. One of the, like, did no. you view him as an obnoxious fan? No, because I wasn't around enough. Okay. Because he yeah. was more south. Like, yeah, right. I was more, I guess, based at the, at the moment, more Akron. So and you not were Cleveland. just coming in once in a while? Yeah, like rarely. Like AIW was my first Cleveland, I think. Okay. Yeah, it was. That was before Cleveland. I probably Pro. have about ten Clevelands under your belt, but yeah. So then we go fast forward into the AIW's ride along. Yeah, like I I remember us making a lot of trips. I remember a lot of times it would be you, me, and EC3. Yeah, we went to Goodwill once with them. <laughs> yeah, 
Not Goodwill, a thrift store. Yeah, EC3 at a thrift store is like uh, like a five-year-old child like Toys R Us. He just <laughs> runs, runs through the aisles, finding clothes he likes, finding clothes for other wrestlers. Yeah, we bought Rebus a nice shirt that day. <laughs> yeah, the Fun Olympics. Yeah. And then, I don't know, but good friends, better enemies. So things went south. Things went south. Why about did things, how did things go south? Uh, there was a split. Did we talk about the company split? There was yeah. the AI, okay, so the famed well, AI. I think it was split. building up before then. Something like, There's I think it was room? just like oil and water. Because the time I wrestled J-Rock, uh, I might have, uh, what do we call it? Puked? No, no, not puked. <laughs> I did that too. What did you call uh, I pulled out the sword. Oh, I got, got, got the sword out. I got the sword out. Oh. And I go to Tom Dunn. I go, how's it looking? He goes, awful. Meanwhile, I had a pretty good color. So I asked J-Rock to do it because I was so scared because I wanted color. He didn't like me at the time. He tells J-Rock. He tells me, oh, it looks like shit. So then J-Rock just no, carves me. He, I, I, he new jacked him, dude. <laughs> yeah, new jacked. <laughs> now, he poked and turned, but it was... One coast to coast. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah, there was one that was pretty long in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a deep one. So you guys, not not fans of each other, it became. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, during the split, it just went south. Uh, he went with the other side. We kept going. Yeah, is that what happened? I mean, you just kind of, like, you picked a side? Kind of, yeah. A lot of a lot, a lot of A lot of the people, a lot of the localized people went in the other direction. Because I think all we were left with was Dio Salvador. Uh, Corey Graves, Tyler Black. Tarver. And Tarver. And Steve Carino came once. Yeah, once. <laughs> Booked about ten times when it came once. Was there a reason that you went the other direction? I, I think, my, my opinion is, is I think because Ray Rowe went the other direction and he kind of led the charge. That's my. It might have been that. I honestly don't remember. Because I don't it's, think many people had faith in the fucking goof. Yeah, it was all Ray Rowe. Ray Rowe was leading the charge. <laughs> yeah, Ray was friends with the, with the other guy, and I think people just went with him. And uh, it became like it was almost the same show every every show, though. The same the same fifteen guys. Well, yeah, because matches. they had their they had their crew. Yeah. And they never built on it. I I ended up kind of not even going after a while. I kind of didn't quit, but just kind of stopped going. I didn't I didn't attend the last three four shows. I think because it just. Yeah, and like it, just it, wasn't would, fun. it would keep starting and upstart going, and like it just was a mess. Yeah, it, if you, I know people think we make millions of dollars doing this. They do, but well, <laughs> but if it's not fun, it's not worth it. Yeah, and it, it just wasn't fun anymore there. So, so then at some point you had the change of heart, and you decide. I well, well, I mean, do we do we get it like? These guys had quite the epic online wars. So there's an online war. Oh, I think at one time Tom Dunn multiple times said he was going to kill me if he ever saw me. Never. And oh, what, and then what time Tom Dunn. Now we're getting somewhere. Now what time I went to a show that in Youngstown that Tom Dunn was at, and he said he was going to jump me. So Thorne Thorn remembers this. I had a sock full of quarters in my pocket <laughs> <laughs> because I figured I can't carry a weapon. My knife is by my bed. Well, in case that werewolf shows up. <laughs> hey, yeah. We don't talk about that. So I had a sock full of quarters. So I figured if anything goes wrong, I could use it. And then I just dumped the quarters in my pocket, throw the sock away. I remember. I just now remembered what led to the initial dissension between you two guys. Oh, yeah. And it was when AIW ran WrestleMania weekend, WrestleMania 23 weekend, and we went to an after party, and nobody knew Tom Dunn's age. 
and Chandler Biggins. Oh yeah, <laughs> Chandler Biggins yeah. whispered. Chandler Biggins went to went to the owner of the bar because we had a bar sponsor up there, and he said, "Hey, can you go? Can you go ID that guy and tell me what his date of birth is?" <laughs> <laughs> so okay, it wasn't WrestleMania weekend. It was the we the show in Michigan afterwards in June, which was the final show of all the original owners. And Tom Dunn was very careful about kayfaming his age. Real careful. Very careful. Very careful. That's something I actually learned from Smothers years ago. He uh, he told my buddy that. He's like, I'll never tell people yeah. how old you are. So I always remember that. But, I'm, I'm, I'm 32. Yeah. <laughs> Smothers is 34, right? Get real with the fever on the dance floor. What's up, everybody? This is Alex Worldwide Kelly here to tell you all about the thrift store jobber and his fabulous wares. And you know what? I like taking things to the extreme and... Here we are with an extreme piece of vintage merchandise. That's right, FBI full-blooded Italians on the front and on the back. It says, "Hey, you talking to me?" I'm not even gonna try to describe the spelling on the back of this jerk, but it is a beaut and it is a size large. Find out all about it at Thrift Store Jobber on Instagram. Find the brother on Etsy and elsewhere, eBay, and use the promo code Worldwide to get 10% off any order. Worldwide, cabron. I think that was Italian idea. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we got it going on, so let me get my phone ring on. If the blast on the past, then he heard of me and the boys coming down with murder. And it's gotta be the way. Everybody wants to make a move, so just party. Or we can have a jam. So get your move on, I'ma take the school for slam. Flip it how I want it, flip from the back to the front when I drops me the manuscript. Cause I got the moves, and I'm always done the flow with the crazy, crazy rules. Tell me, can it feel the math skills coming with the fever, fever, fever? Just, I just remember that was that was really the catalyst for what led on to. Oh, I don't know if that was. <laughs> That was so I had I had the the guy like because we had been to Michigan a couple times so he was friendly with us I go go card like that whole table and tell me that one guy's age and he carded everybody he's like you know there's problems at the door I gotta see everybody's ID and then I just walk up to him and I go hey Tom Dunn you were born in 1987 <laughs> I didn't say that but I'm not gonna reveal his real age yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he learned his lesson. <laughs> We need refs that are reliable. It got got quiet there for a second. We're all like, "That's not." So that's I mean, if accurate. like if Twitter would have been around in this era, this, this would have been a Twitter beef. Oh man, it was a mess. It was message, message board, board beef. Message board oh, beef. Oh, this is good. I did threaten one time we were going to hire a private investigator and have him reveal Tom Dunn's entire past history <laughs> in the ring at intermission. <laughs> what is, what's your response to all of this? Oh, said, I don't know. He said he was going to kill his me. Response was, "I'm going to murder him." No, I don't. That's why I'm that. walking around Youngstown with a sock full of quarters. That, that was my birthday too. 
that oh, show. Oh, we're gonna <laughs> knock him out on his birthday. No, we're gonna have the the private investigator on his birthday. Be honest, Tom Dunn. Did you or did you not uh, threaten to? <laughs> Kill Taylor I don't think I did. Well, oh, I can find the post. Oh, Biggins, Biggins, Biggins is, he's a vault of memories. He's he never yeah, a specialist, too. He'll find this. Yeah, and he also has a private investigator on his fucking staff. That's right. I was really going to find one. I don't know how much they cost, though, so that'd probably be a problem. So how long did this beef go? Years. Yeah, years. Many years. Maybe years. five, six. It was quiet. I mean, it wasn't like an active thing for all that time, but. No. It was, but like, if we saw each other in public, it was not going to be good. Wow. So this yeah, because Biggins had his sock of quarters. <laughs> yeah, my sock. I was going to swing around it. Did you ever have any indication that uh, Biggins was maybe going to try to get physical with no, you? No, I was, I was, was, a, I was on the defense. Oh, okay. I'm not a, I'm not a offensive guy. But you did right. get in a one fight, though, in your life, right? And you, yeah, I broke a kid's arm in seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> but he started it. He came after me, so I uppercutted him. He flew over a desk and broke his arm and tried to sue me. Well, there you go. But, that's your but I had lesson. a patch of hair pulled out of my head. Ah. Yeah, and then, you know, like, other people got involved, like uh, AIW bartender Nick Sanka. He made a flyer called AIW Blood in the Water or something, and it had Old, Te- oh, yeah. Old Testament Tom Dunn versus versus wow. somebody. I don't I don't even know about that. Yeah. And then he was going to fight Patrick Hayes. Yeah. He did fight Patrick Hayes Multiple times. times. Yeah. Hotel room fights. So this beef goes on for a little bit. Mm-hmm. How does it get patched up? What brings you back then? Just, uh, we'd see each other shows. Yeah, I don't even, I asked him earlier when he got here, I don't remember the exact moment that we were like, hey, what's up, man? Well, the fucking goofs went out of business. Right. But he had already left anyway, so it was kind of... Yeah, I was other places. probably at PWO Prime by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, like, we were at those shows, but, like, I don't remember the moment where we were yeah. like, hey, what's up? Yeah, we just kind of run into each other. And I mean, like, the, the, the issue was really between Biggins and Tom Dunn. There was... I was kind of, I was just kind of in the middle. So there yeah, was just yeah, like you were a quiet. Natural, hey, we're we're over this. This is done. I think I think no he, t- I, th- I think he took a lot of heat for the fucking goof, and I think Thorn and Ray kind of clashed more about the fucking goof. And then with the fucking goof out of the picture, I think it was just kind of like, okay, the fucking goof's gone. Problem solved. Kind of, yeah. It, okay. it just kind of dissipated. It just kind of went, you know. Because like, I think the fucking no- goof. Really, and there was two fucking goofs, uh, and both of them, I think, were guys that threw gas on the fire. Hey, Tom Dunn, can you believe what Biggins said? Hey, Biggins, can you believe what Tom Dunn's saying? And vice versa with everybody else. Biggins not one to hold a grudge ever, so that's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he didn't owe me money, so he was good. Although, I actually did. Yeah, he did owe me money. That was a that was a point of contention. I forgot about that. Fifteen dollars for a Spike Dudley action figure. Yeah, oh. the last time the last time I saw him, he bought an action figure from me, and then I forget what you said. You said we were even somehow. No, I, I paid you back. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think my maybe one of my first shows back here. Oh, I, see, I, I, already I, making money. I, off this I remembered. Guy. Yeah. So this podcast gets debts paid, man. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, good. We're going to get that money from the Nasty Boys. Don't you worry, Tom. I think they're going to be at WrestleCon. Let's fight them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll let you go with your uppercut. <laughs> I got a sock. Yeah, your sock <laughs> of quarters <laughs> and your uppercut. Maybe you'll break an arm. <laughs> so uh, what's the grand return to AIW? Oh, I, this is a doozy. Yeah? Well, There was an eight-man tag, the bloodiest match in AIW history at Jernis Hall. All of a sudden, a giant referee in a, a Nixon mask comes out. Rips off his mask and says, I'm back, Biggins, and throws the mask at me. 
But Eddie Kingston, who's laying on the ground, thinks Tom Dunn just dropped the N-bomb. <laughs> Eddie Kingston was not a happy camper. He legit thought he did. Oh, he legit thought oh, he did. He thought it was a hard R on that. Oh, yeah. man. He goes, what the fuck? Why is this ref saying the N-word? <laughs> Biggins. <laughs> And I was looking around because it was my return after seven years. I'm like, I, I need to do something. You know, like half the fans didn't even know who I was. Or, right. Oh, it's the guy from the other fed. So wasn't that big a deal, maybe. But storyline it was. And I came, I, I screwed the uh, Team AIW for, yeah, yeah, for Team Because I think John, Johnny, yeah, uh, yeah. Johnny Gargano did a run-in, and so he came out and DQ'd everybody. Okay. Yeah. So, and so one I'm time Johnny, Gar- Johnny Gargano and the Necro Butcher really locked horns. Johnny yeah. challenged us. He goes, I'll never be in the ring with the Necro Butcher ever. And we got him. We trapped him. <laughs> and I looked around. I, I see Chandler walking around the back watching. I said, and I just screamed, I'm back, Biggins. And well, I was trying to figure out how to clean up gallons of blood. But yeah, that was a mess. Turner's Hall, Turner's Hall smelled fine. It smelled better than it normally does. It smelled like, like a copper penny or something. Yeah. It was so much blood. Yeah, I remember Chris Dickinson saying, it smells like a meat, meat locker. <laughs> well, Eric Ryan smells like, like a meat locker in here. Yeah. yeah. So Eddie Kingston's thinking you're dropping end bombs. Yeah. Also, wants to never hold grudges. Uh, does he confront you over this? No, no, no. He confronted no, Biggins. Yeah, he, he confronted me. Biggins. He's like, "What's this rough doing dropping hard R's?" But then he backed up because Biggins had his sock of quarters with him just in case <laughs> Tom Dunn <laughs> whipping him around. Just in case things with Tom Dunn went awry in the big return. No, I've only had sock of quarters one time, and it was in Youngstown because I felt I was going to be attacked. Because that was in the heat of the moment. If if this podcast has taught people anything, it's Biggins is always packing some sort of weapons. Yeah, he's always always ready ready to go. Sometimes I'm like Taz, my hands are my only weapons. <laughs> well, yeah, with that uppercut where you broke the guy's arm. That was in seventh grade, though. I think I had a physical advantage over him. How old was he? Seventh grade st- still do. Seven, seven. So you're back in AIW. Mm-hmm. What year is this at that point? Twenty like twenty twelve maybe yeah, yeah so twenty twelve long ago five years ago and you've been back ever since yes senior official yes so you were off for what since oh seven so you had a f- four years off at least yeah, yeah. seemed like longer but yeah and, th- and those years seemed like they were forever and now these years just fly by right yeah that four years was fucking long man yeah it felt about a decade I mean you've been through. The beginnings, and you've watched them, whether from the outside or been a part of it, and you know, obviously, then came back. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the things that have changed. Oh God! For, maybe for better, for worse. Oh. I mean, the AIW now is obviously not the AIW that it was when you first started out, nor is it probably the AIW that you returned to in in 2012, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I still remember the first show, and it was it was good, but. <sighs> You just had that you didn't have your footing yet. You know, oh, I mean, we didn't know what we didn't. Was, but like, I think it might have been we good comparison to what was in Cleveland at that time. Right, right. Like now, you go back and watch it; it's the most cringe-worthy thing you've ever seen in your life. But uh, just the talent, like it's. I'm proud to be here, and I'm not just saying it because they're here. But you worry about that soccer quarters? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> checking and checking them. Those quarters no. are long gone into slot machines and penny pushers. Oh, good. No, but the, the way it is now, I mean, look at the people they bring in. Look at the people they've, they've like Alex Daniels trained here, and he's getting booked out everywhere. Yeah. You know, Johnny Gargano was a kid, you know, on the first right. shows, and now he's in WWE. Um, 
but all the talent they bring in, all these like unknown guys that become stars, and, like someone like Sean Schultz. I mean, I'd never heard of him before, and look at look at what he brings to AIW now. He's great. He's like one of those guys. It's like. He's been wrestling forever, but nobody has ever really yeah, picked him out of the it's South. It's like the same thing. The South and Canada are like the same thing where these dudes have been killing it for a decade. And we're, you know, yeah. l- lucky enough to be able to give him exposure. Ethan Page, you know. Yeah, out of nowhere. I'd never heard of him. and Me either. I still never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Owens, though. That's your guy. I love Ethan Owens. Are there, are there guys, I mean, since you've obviously refereed for... Tons of matches, tons of people. Are there guys that you watched and you saw make it and you kind of were surprised about? And But at the same time, are there guys where, you know, at this point you're like, man, when's this guy getting the break? Because you just feel like he's been out there so long? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some that have made it all the way to WWE or, you know, TNA or whatever, and you kind of shake your head and, like, kind of wonder. But there's always a reason, whether it's a build or they can talk or yeah. – but some you, you do kind of like, eh. but uh, yeah, and I, I don't. No, yeah, I, yeah, oh. I don't know. I feel bad saying any kind of names right, either right. way. That's fair. We won't we won't put you on the spot like that. Yeah. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot for this. Give us at least a couple of your favorite AIW matches that you have refed. Hmm. Oh, I don't know specifically like anything with Ray Rowe, Josh Prohibition. Yeah, uh, Kingston's all Eddie Kingston. He's always a lot of fun. You guys buried the heat. No yeah. hard R's. <laughs> as long as you don't drop those, yeah. Um, there's young guys like Dom Garini. Uh, I mean, you ref you ref for the for the former WWE Universal Champion. Yeah, Kevin Owens. Yeah, Kevin Steen. Yeah, once or twice, a couple times. And it's it's like amazing. And like sometimes like you watch them on TV and it's hard to like say like, you know, I was raising his hand two years ago or three right. years ago. And it's yeah, it's it's weird. And like I know you're a guy like me, you know, one of the things we bonded over before we hated each other for a while was we're both collectors, you know, with my flea market and uh I know you have a vast museum almost Pedro level. Yeah. Um and like how weird is it that you ref for guys and then they become action figures? Cuz I know for me it's crazy that guys that have come through these doors have now been, you know, action figures or video game characters or Right, and and I remember people saying like, "Oh, Tom Dunn's old. He's bitter. He, I've never been bitter. I've never been jealous of like anyone because it's it's great to see these guys go. Like we're all part of it, but not everybody can make it." Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of dudes are just like, "Oh my God, why isn't it me?" And I I've oh. told a lot of the students like, "You have a path, and this other person had a path, and like your path might not take you there, but." Yeah, like I, I don't think Vince is looking like you know for a seven foot, sixty five. I want a guy that looks like Giant <laughs> Gonzalez. You know. Yeah, we we've talked about your age multiple times nah. through this episode. We haven't said what it is, but is there still a vision? Is there an end game for you, or this is just about fun for you? I now? have no idea. Probably, I don't know. If anyone wants to hire me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He has a resume waiting to yeah, go. That's a great plug for himself, right? There. I mean, I guess if you guys want to hire me, yeah, hire he's me. old though, so he might have to go to the library when it's open to send the resume. But yeah, we'll I mean, send that's, it to you. that's kind of the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is like, you know, there is goals and end games for like 
wrestlers and performers, but as far as like the promoters and the referees and kind of like the support staff go in an independent wrestling event, there's really not that big of a of a it's kind of like where can you go right yeah. like there's really not that big of an opportunity beyond this this level for for a lot of people but i mean that's not necessarily a bad thing because right you need this infrastructure within the industry but uh like when if you're a wrestler it's like yeah i want to go to WWE or i want to go to tna like goals are obviously a yeah. lot easier to see yeah it's like you just have to have different goals for the different i guess positions you know what i mean because now even WWE's just hiring wrestlers as refs right yeah no, I don't. I don't mind though. It's like I like having the where I go to work during the week, and I can do that too. It's a nice balance. I don't mind it. You know, like I like this. It's I hate when people call it a hobby or even amateur wrestling because it's still right. a job. Yeah. It's still yeah. You're getting paid. Yeah, I, I've always taken it seriously. Like I've like rarely ever called off a show to go. You know, yeah. All it, my, it, so, it, and I think that's a big difference when somebody calls somebody a weekend warrior. It's like right. an insult, but I s- picture more a weekend warrior as the type of guys like you were saying in the the SpongeBob pajama pants, right? Uh, wrestling in a basement of a, a prostitute hotel, rather than like you that is always taken it seriously. Always, I've never had any issue with Tom Dunn with the you know he always has gear. He's always ready to go. Uh, I don't think you've ever been late. Never no showed. No. And, like, so many people at this level take it for granted, and I don't think Dunn has ever done that. No, I never have. I, I mean, I've loved this stuff since I was 12, 13 years old. And Back when Luthes was champ. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, I value every, like, second of this. I, uh, I appreciate everything, working for you guys or any other promoter who's had yeah, me. And, like, I think a lot of guys are so concerned with what's my next step, what's this, what's that, to not enjoy the ride. And I think it's very awesome that you've enjoyed the ride. And I know Thorne and I sometimes are like, holy shit, we're doing this at this level with these people. Can you believe it? And, like, it's kind of dumbfounding sometimes. I mean, I grew up a Roddy Piper fan. I was never a Flair fan or a Hogan fan. I mean, I'm just talking about the top guys. And Roddy Piper was it for me. And, what, three years ago, he was in Youngstown. I worked the show. He... He was a second at ringside, and that was like that was it. I could have stopped that night. He put know? me. He put me in a sleeper hold that day. Oh, that was awesome! Because it's, it backer- it's, it's the background on my phone right now. Yeah, it's my Twitter uh, picture. As as we wind this down, this is a great segue. As you bring up uh, a legend in the wrestling world, uh, we were talking earlier before we start recording, and and even in this show, you've talked about different guys that AIW brings in. Do you have any fun stories? Because you've picked up people, you've given rides to people. Well, he took he took Jake's snake to buy baking soda to make crack allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, yes. yeah. Any wild or just fun stories, and or people that you met, and you know you kind of idolized, uh, or just were were waiting to meet, and and maybe they met your expectation or didn't. Uh, Terry Funk was a lot of fun. I oh, think yeah. he was oh, the yeah. everybody like. He was like everyone's crazy grandfather. Did you, yeah. did you ref yeah. that match? I'm sure. I was in it. I was knocked out. That's I right. Did, I didn't get to see any of Funk stuff. So what, well, you just heard? You just heard it, or yeah. you, were, you were, did you catch a peek? I not, the way I was laying, I couldn't even see it. Oh, I had so to, you just heard? I saw it on you, video. You, later. you just heard stuff flying. What were you thinking? That he was busting everything in the building, <laughs> and he was. Yeah, and like stuff like that. Like guys, you watched Saturday Night's main event, like him yeah. against Hulk Hogan, like junkyard dog stuff like 
you're a kid watching it, and then this guy's like you're meeting him and talking to him. And it's, it's so awesome. Like, oh, and, and I don't everybody. feel like I'm like marking out for it. You're just like you're meeting like one of the top people in your like, industry. When we went, here. when we went the night before out to dinner with him, I'm just staring at him, and I'm like, never in my life did I ever think I would be sitting at a table. With this guy, you know, I watched him all through my childhood, you know, all his movies, everything else. And I'm just like, I'm kind of like, holy shit, like this guy's a real guy. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real strange, like when you, when you meet these guys that you've watched your whole life and they're just normal, regular people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he's down here holding uh, basically a round table discussion. Yeah. Just, just because I started, I started feeding him beers, beers and that was it, dude. <laughs> As soon as he found out it was okay to start drinking some beers before he had to go out, like Terry Funk was the best. What about anybody else? I'm trying to think. I mean, there's so many people have come in here. You used yeah. to have a hell of a resume on your MySpace. Oh, oh, it's, still, it's still on my Facebook. You can go look at my, my big list. What about, uh, we just want to throw this out here because I, I have to mention it since Biggins did earlier. You don't have to tell us about the car ride or anything, but true or false, Tom Dunn. A certain WWE female Hall of Famer once bought you Chipotle. Yes, she did. And I deserved it after the ride because <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we don't need to talk we don't, about it. No, we don't need to get into it. No. But uh, we could just thank Amy for that purchase of Chipotle. She did, yeah. She bought it for <laughs> she me. She gets you double meter. No. Oh, what a bitch. Whoa. Biggins will say that for you, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> well... Tom Dunn, this is uh, this has been a good time. Thanks. Thanks for sitting down with us on the car. You, is going to change. Are you happy that you never did commit the murder on uh, Chandler Biggs? I am. Yeah. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you would be in jail and there would be no bookings. Yeah. There might not be any AIW. That was probably like a sinister side to Tom Dunn. He would have done it and not gotten caught. He yeah. Would, he would have found a way. Yeah. In Youngstown, there's enough places to hide a body. Absolutely. Oh, That's all Youngstown is. That's the only place where the See, mob still he exists. Already had a, he already had a plot. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have mob ties in Youngstown? No. There's plenty of mob there, though. That's right. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. I bet he knows a lot of them, though. Yeah. Yeah, he says he doesn't. I bet you're just one phone call away from the kitchen phone. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Dunn probably still has a kitchen phone. I'm sure he does. You got no. a landline? No, I have an iPhone. Oh. oh whoa. <laughs> the Duke still has one of those phones you got to do with your finger. Rotary phone. Rotary dial. Well. Duke still has to call an operator to get an outgoing call. I think I'm older than Duke. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, oh. <laughs> don't, don't reveal that. <laughs> I want to do my Jerry the King Lawler jokes here. Well, What's your social security number, three? Yeah. You have an autographed copy of the Bible? Wow. Adam even done? <laughs> All I right, that's I, it, Biggins. <laughs> yeah, that'll be edited. We're sitting here at your restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> that'll be edited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Uh, as we wrap this thing up, I mean, you guys have known him obviously longer than I have. Do you, uh, any stories you remember or, or anything you want to get out of Tom Dunn? I think, I think we hit a lot of them. I mean, it's just been nice to have you back, and yeah. I think it's been a pleasure. And uh, it's one thing I never thought in a million years Tom Dunn would ever be back, but I also thought the same thing about Ray Rowe and about everybody else we've brought back. Yeah, Ray Rex stole Brody. My Ray stole it. Ray stole my thunder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is Tom Dunn as professional as the headhunters? <laughs> he's never he's never called from prison yet. <laughs> Not yet. But professional nonetheless. Professional nonetheless. <laughs> well, for Tom Dunn, our guest, and for uh, co-owners of AIW, John Thorne and Chandler Biggins, I'm Steve Guy. We hope you enjoyed this episode of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Join us right back here next week, and enjoy this week, everybody. Thanks! You almost forgot to do it.